If you want to find the right girlfriend or life partner, you'll have to make a decision as a man. And the decision you'll have to make is which groups of men you want to belong to. Do you want to belong to the group of men who take action, who are out there competing, working on themselves, who will in the end get an amazing relationship, who are in the arena, who may experience temporary failure, or do you want to be on the safe side? Do you want to be a spectator watching other people fail, quote-unquote, but in the end get the dating and relationship success that you would like to have. If you are worried about what people think about you, if you were to take this area of your life serious, then I have an important quote for you. First of all, before I tell you this amazing quote which will nudge your mindset in the right direction, I want to make you aware that you have a fear of what people think about you. Everybody has that because we are all ancestors of people who 300,000 years ago lived in tribes of 100 and 200 people who realized that if they acted too far outside of the socially accepted norms that the tribe agreed upon, they'd be sent into exile. And being sent into exile would mean certain death because they would either get killed by animals, other tribes, or at the very least they would lose their chance to pass on their genetic legacy to the female members of their own tribe. So we realized that it kind of, it's kind of a good idea to adhere to the rules of the tribe. Now. Doing that to an extent obviously ensures survival. But if it goes too far, then we can let it control us to an extent where we don't take a sufficient amount of action to actually work on ourselves. Because if we want to have unusually great results, and a good relationship is an unusually great result because most people don't have it, then we have to be willing to do some unusual things like working on online dating, like going out there and working on our communication skills and improving our confidence. But let me share you this really, really inspiring quote. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who's actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again because there's no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms who devotes himself, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best, in the end, knows the triumph of high achievement, and who, at the worst, if he fails, at the least, he fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. If you want to have amazing results in your life, in other words, an amazing relationship, you have to be willing to do unusual things. And getting out there and working on yourself. Yes, you're going to get criticized by some people. Some men are going to worry, oh, what is he going to do? It's going to threaten their own ego if you work on themselves. But I have a couple of points that I want to address very systematically here or very structuredly today. First, I want you to understand that if you worry about what your male friends think about you, most of the time, that's an unnecessary worry. Because if they're actually real friends, they may tease you a little bit for going out there and meeting women, for taking online dating series, for getting a coach, for getting a mentor, for using free resources to improve this area in your life. They might tease you a little bit. And you're actually a little bit worried about that because men, no matter how cool they seem, they actually have some insecurities inside of them and they care very much about what their other male friends think about them. But they're actually going to support you. If you own that, if you're going to work on yourself, if you tell them, hey, if I, if my knee was broken, obviously I'd get a knee specialist to work on that. If my, if I was overweight, obviously I'd get a fitness coach. If 
obviously I'm going to dedicate myself to finding the resources necessary to improve this area of my life. If you own that, then you're going to raise them up with you. And maybe they're going to learn a thing or two. If they're already in a relationship, you're going to be able to help them with that because you're going to learn things about communication and the psychology of men-to-women interactions that are going to make their relationship better. And if they're single, you're going to inspire them if they're real friends. So there's nothing to worry about there. Now, if they're not real friends and they actually hinder your progress, well, then you're going to have to get rid of them sooner rather than later. If they actually hinder your progress, if they actually criticize you, if they actually confront you with real negativity, if you tell them, hey, this is something that I'm working on, personal development, my communication skills, my confidence, my social skills with women, then they're not real friends. Now, you have to understand that men, just like, remember the two groups we were talking about, the doers and the watchers, men will only ever react to unusually proactive actions by another man with one in one or two ways. When they see a man do something great, in other words, work on themselves, they'll either draw inspiration or they'll criticize him. And if they criticize somebody who works on themselves, then it's only ever an ego protective mechanism. Because if you see somebody succeed at the highest level, a lot of people like to focus on the very few things they're doing wrong. For example, Conor McGregor is a perfect example. I'm in Ireland, so everybody knows him here. And a lot of people like to criticize him because, yeah, he fucked up a couple of times. He did a couple of things, you know, that weren't too great, objectively, obviously. But a lot of people say, oh, this guy is so whack. And they ignore all the huge success, all the years he spent in the gym, all the uncertainty he had to endure. All the coachability, all the times he had to put his ego inside when he was training jiu-jitsu with John Kavanaugh, when he was getting beaten up in the gym. He had to have the complete opposite of ego. Everybody thinks he's so arrogant. I can tell you for a fact that somebody who gets to that level of success, especially in martial arts, and I only have a little bit of martial arts experience. I used to train karate for six years, five, six times a week. I used to teach at my university, so not professional at all, but some degree. I can tell you that if you get really good at some martial art, you're the opposite of egotistic. You're the opposite of arrogant because you have to put your ego aside so many times because you have to be willing to learn. So there's so much that he did right. But what do people like to focus on? The one or two things where he fucked up. Why? Because it's a lot easier to focus on one or two things because you get a very cheap status-based dopamine high. It's very easy to talk shit about somebody, thereby make yourself feel better. But it's fake. It's not real because you haven't earned it. But the spectators who are watching the gladiators fight, yeah, for them it's easy. And if the one person they bet on wins, maybe they have a financial incentive and that excites them even more. It's the same with football. I'm from Germany. I don't give a fuck about football at all. I'm a very bad German. Don't care too much about cars. I like fast cars. But I don't care too much about the particular brand. In football, I don't care about it at all. I think it's absolutely fine for people to have escapism. And I think people should do whatever makes them happy. I like watching the UFC every now and then. But I think it's hilarious how people get so excited about watching football. And how they know so much better what that person should have done. Oh, he messed up that free kick or I don't even know the right terminology that's how little I care about it but isn't it funny when you see a 45 year old overweight man with a beer belly eating steak with like a bunch of mayonnaise and fries what nothing wrong with steak by the way but like eating like objectively fatty greasy foods making himself fatter and fatter he's like having an educated opinion upon what this player who makes millions should be doing He's never experienced the stress that comes with putting yourself out there. He's never experienced the uncertainty. He's never had to put his ego aside that many years in a row and be coachable and learn and work on his mistakes. It's so easy to criticize from the outside. 
That's what people like to do because they like to protect their own ego. Let me tell you something. You don't have the choice as to whether you want to get judged or not. You can't decide that. You're always going to get judged by somebody. The only choice you have is who you want to get judged by. Do you want to get judged by losers for putting yourself out there and taking constructive action? Or do you want to get judged by winners for not taking action, for stumbling around and just waiting for things to magically occur? People like me will judge you for not taking constructive action. And I don't even judge you in that sense, but I judge you from a loving place because I know you could be doing better. You're already an overachiever. There's already at least one or two areas in your life that you're doing extraordinarily well in. Of course, you have areas you're struggling with. We all do. But you've already proven it to yourself that you can achieve great things, that you can indeed be the gladiator. And I know that this is a bit of an imperfect metaphor because the gladiator actually dies. And the worst thing that can happen to you if you put yourself out there is the odd rejection. And here's another thing that I want to tell you. If you're afraid of rejection, if you're afraid of dying in the arena, which is like getting rejected by a woman, listen to this. 95% of the work, well, the swans are very inspired by my speech here. <laughs> 95% of the work I do is online. That's why I'm able to help men with successful careers, their own business from 27 different countries all around the world, even though 50% of my clients are in the US. So 95% of the work I do is online. But every now and then I do in-person events with clients. And I was in Norway and I met a couple of clients this weekend. And one of my clients said to me, David, whenever I go and approach a woman, let's say I'm in a shopping mall or I'm in a gym or I'm at a Starbucks, I feel like I'm a homeless person begging for money. I said, interesting. Let me ask you this. For the right person, how much do you think it's worth to her to spend the rest of her life with you? So, uh, I don't know. Well, that's the first thing. You should be aware of the value you can contribute to her. Write down 20 reasons right now as to what you can contribute to her life. You should be absolutely and utterly clear how you can improve her life. Now, for the right person, what is it worth to her from an intimate standpoint, from a romantic standpoint, from a financial standpoint, from a family standpoint, from, an, from a life experiential standpoint, what would it be worth to her, to the right person, if she'd be able to spend the rest of, your, rest of her life with a man like you? So, oh, maybe a million, maybe 10 million, maybe 100 million. Okay, interesting. So every time you walk up to a woman, you approach her on Tinder, on Hinge, on Bumble, or in real life, or on Instagram, you're basically offering her a million dollars, $10 million. What if you knew in your soul that that's the value you're offering? How timid would you be? How concerned would you be? Would you feel like a homeless person asking for money? Or would you be super confident and calm and playful? Which, hey, this is what's up. Now, you got to know, for some women, spending the rest of her life with me or with you has a negative value. For some women, if they look at me, this short little ginger, it would terrify them. They wouldn't want to, they'd pay money to not do that. And that's fine. Why? Because of a lack of compatibility. They either don't like this or we have values that are diametrically opposed. And personalities clash. The way we want to live life is completely different. So that's only true if there's compatibility. But remember, you can't create compatibility. You can only discover that. And how can you discover compatibility? Put yourself out there. Success is the ability to go from failure to failure without the loss of enthusiasm. And you also have to know that an approach, be that on a dating app, having a conversation, or in real life, that doesn't go anywhere is not a failure. Let's say it takes you 20 approaches in real life, for example, or 10, 10 approaches to get one great date for argument's sake. 
Let's say you get rejected nine times. You have to get rejected nine times before you get to the date. That means every time you get a rejection, you win 10%. You're getting 10% closer to a fantastic date. But if you consider it a failure, well, then obviously that's going to create an emotional reaction because it is not the things that happen in your immediate environment, but the meaning you give it, that's going to create an emotional reaction. When you feel defeated, and a lot of the men that I work with, they're very successful, they're very intelligent. A lot of them are business owners, computer scientists. They have a very negative self-dialogue, right? You find that as well? And this negative, self-defeating, antagonistic dialogue creates an emotional reality. It's funny, I was on a coaching call with the clients yesterday and one of the guys did his first approach ever, right? And uh, this guy's a really talented guy, he works in marketing. And I asked him, well, how good did you feel? He said, well, I felt pretty good for half an hour and then I felt shit again. I was like, okay, wow. So what happened was, so we analyzed how he spoke to himself. So we created a couple of pattern interrupts. So that was fine. But we realized that, okay, there's either an utter lack of positive inner self-dialogue or negativity. Nathaniel Brandon in the book, The Six Pillars of Self-Esteem says, you have to make a commitment to live in a protagonistic relationship within yourself. You have to refuse to live in an adversarial relationship with yourself. And so many of you, you stop yourself from going out there, going to the arena, and getting all these triumphs and like getting an amazing girlfriend and life partner because you have to have a self-defeating inner self-dialogue. You value the opinion, coming full circle to what we talked about in the beginning, of a random woman, your male friends, who are either good friends or fake friends, or other people in society, usually one or two people are in your head, more than the outcomes, more than the actions. You have to understand that if you believe something is good for you and for a person, you should do it. I would never ask you, if you're my client or through this YouTube video, to do something that would harm your reputation. This is not pickup artist bullshit. This is not about having intimacy with as many women as possible. This is about finding a high-quality relationship. But the way you find a high-quality relationship, you create a lot of options for yourself. You get out there, you compete over and over again, and it doesn't take that long. It takes one, two, three, four, five, six, seven months. That's it. And you can find an amazing relationship. It's really, really possible. But you have to commit yourself to belonging to the group of men who take action. And let's face it, you already belong. Listen, you're already part of that group of men. You already belong to that group in your business, in your career. Maybe you do CrossFit. Maybe you do rock climbing. Maybe you do jiu-jitsu. Maybe you play an element. In certain areas in your life, you've already made the decision a long time ago that you belong to that group of people. So why not make this area, dating and relationships, part of that success story as well? And it's possible. And you have to really understand how beautiful it can be. Yeah, there's going to be temporary failure and there's going to be some uncertainty. But with the right guidance, with the right mindset, you can absolutely get there. Some people wonder, oh, these men, they look so great and... They have, they're super rich and Jeff Bezos this and Leonardo DiCaprio that and my insecurities here and blah, 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 blah. Look, I'm a ginger. And if you grow up a ginger in Western society, you're not perceived as the pinnacle of male attractiveness either. I remember the very first time I kissed a girl in a nightclub. And by the way, you never have to go to bars and nightclubs. I never expect my clients to go to bars and nightclubs. I offer it to them because it's a possibility, but a lot of them don't really want to go there. And it's absolutely fine. You could simply meet somebody through online dating, Tinder, Hinge, Bumble, Instagram, other websites, or uh, through meeting women during the day. 
but it's a possibility. So the first time I kissed a woman in a nightclub, which happened after I'd gone out for four or five weeks, because in the beginning I had so much approach anxiety. I was so insecure. I didn't know what I was going to say. What is she going to think about me? What if I run out of things to say? I was so stuck in my head. So after four weeks, I'm talking to the Spanish girl. And I remember very vividly, after 15 minutes of me ignoring all of her signs, she asks me, David, are you going to kiss me or what? And I was like, okay. So we started kissing. That was a moment, that reference experience, listen to me, that reference experience was life-changing because I realized, wow, I really can. That night, I walked home along the Liffey in Dublin. It was a very, very clear night. We don't have a lot of clear nights in Ireland. Uh, most of the time is uh, partly cloudy, as we like to say here. But I was listening to Imagine Dragons and I had a firework in my brain and my chest. I was so hyped. I was like, "Woo! I can actually do this. I can actually learn it. I can actually improve this. It's not just for the good-looking chats, for the super rich people. I can go out there, meet women, communicate effectively in a confident manner and get them excited about me. And the reason that moment was so important and so significant to me was because I came out of a marriage with a woman where I just felt barely tolerated in the relationship. The passion wasn't there. The intimacy wasn't great. Not because she's a bad person at all. There was just a huge lack of compatibility between the two of us. So I came out of a relationship where I felt judged. Where, yeah, there was no real love and connection. It's very difficult. And then I can go out there and create more desire, more intimacy. I can feel like a man within a matter of minutes just because I learned the best practices of attraction building in a respectful way, just because I communicate who I am, my personality, authentically and effectively. But it took a decision of me committing myself to go out there, go into the arena. So, one more time, really let this sink in. This is what I want you to take home from this video today. It is not the critic who counts. Not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who's actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, I believe that's how you say it, English is my second language, who errs, who comes short again and again because there's no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, who devotes himself, who spends himself in a worthy cause. And for fuck's sake, isn't an amazing relationship to an amazing woman, a family, a fucking worthy cause? Who at best, in the end, knows triumph of high achievement, who at the worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly. So that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory or defeat. Apply for a free initial consultation call. Let me help you on this journey. I wish you all the best.